Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I once did a radio show during the pandemic, actually. It was in 2020. It was during the time when we should have had the Final Four, but the Final Four had been canceled. And we did the top four in four different categories. In place of the Final Four, we did four consecutive shows in which we asked you for your Final Four of breakfast food. That was one of the category. Your Final Four zoo animals. That was another category. I'm telling you, these were some of the most fun shows we've ever done. By far... Well, I mean, they were all popular. Our most popular, the final four of movie soundtracks. Oh, man, was that amazing. And this, well, I should say this. Kenny Loggins, that song Danger Zone comes from Top Gun. And it is absolutely one of the final four most iconic movie soundtracks of all time. Maybe we should bring those shows back because they were so much fun. And producer Jay missed that because he wasn't working on the show in 2020. He was working here, but he wasn't working on the show. So maybe at some point we're going to have to bring back the final four of blah, blah, blah. I think it would be a lot of fun. What categories would you like to hear? Because the zoo animals one, I got to tell you, that was really popular as well. Breakfast foods through the roof. If I can remember the other, the final four of movie soundtracks are probably the most popular, but there was another category. I'll just have to remember. Musical artists, maybe. Mm, I can't, no, it, was, it wasn't a music one. Uh, I'll, I'll have to go back and look. I don't even think it was a sports question. I think we got completely away from sports. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Breakfast food. Mm. I like that. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, among my other final four movie soundtracks of all time, I had just a few months before that finally watched, shoot, it's it's Bugs Bunny and it's the NBA players. Oh, Space Jam. Space Jam, thank yep. you. And I had never seen it before. And producer Chris and producer Dave were on my rear end. Tell, tell me to watch Space Jam. And since it was 2020 and we really didn't have a whole lot going on in sports, I watched it and absolutely became one of my top four movie soundtracks. Uh, the Bodyguard, Whitney Houston, one of my top four movie soundtracks of all time. And this just shows you, it, it, I think we pick movie soundtracks that matter to us, right? That maybe were special to us when we were younger or made a big impression. Uh, one of my others that was in the running was Karate Kid uh, because because that's one of my... I, that's the movie. Now, you think I've seen Star Wars a lot of times, which I have, uh, but because there are so many, I don't ever focus on just one of them, right? I'll watch all of them. I've seen Karate Kid... And Sound of Music, those two movies. But Karate Kid at least 30 times. The original with Ralph Macchio and Elizabeth Shue, who is one of my all-time favorite actresses. So, yeah, I've... 
I've got that movie soundtrack just about memorized, too. But there are others. It's not like those are the only ones. But, it, of course, the Star Wars soundtracks, those are iconic to me as well. But, yeah, do love that type of discussion when we can get off the beaten path with sports. Do you want to know a fun fact real quick about Danger Zone? Yes. So Kenny Loggins, actually, they didn't write that song for him. He was just happened to be in the recording studio that day when the band who had that song was there playing it for the movie. Mm-hmm. And they were like, shoot, we need a lead singer. We have this great song. But no. We don't have anyone who could match what we're looking for. No. Kenny Loggins was there. He goes, all right, let me give it a shot. <gasps> the rest is history. What? That's phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. Even more now, it's going to be a song that's special to me. He's a pro. He's a pro's pro. That's really cool. Do you have four movie soundtracks off the top of your head that you could? Ooh. Forrest Gump's a great soundtrack. Is it? <laughs> it's got a lot of like 70s kind of Vietnam era oh, um, songs. I, okay. Yeah. Um, Not really Personally, my favorite, but okay. Pulp Fiction for me because I'm just a big fan of like surf guitar and Dick Dale. I love that. So. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Do the Right Thing is a classic. Spike Lee. Yes. Yes. Uh, good soundtrack there. The fourth one I have to think about. So see how much fun that could be? Oh, of course. That's amazing. We had people blowing up our social media. And these, again, were shows in early April of 2020 when it was hard to be excited about anything, really. Uh, So uh, we started every show with good news. We started every show with hope. We made our shows about connecting with people and giving people a distraction, an opportunity, and just conversation, right? We've continued that as much as we can, even though sports are back and, and gosh, better than ever. Want to share this tweet that I just got from David, A-Law Radio. David, thank you so much for letting us know. He says, Chiefs fans are also contributing to Tyler Bass's charity, it's a charity that helps stray cats and and cats without a home find forever families. I feel so altruistic when I say it that way. Uh, Chiefs fans are also contributing and doing so because they're saddened by the death threats for Tyler Bass, etc. It's awesome to see both fan bases coming together on this. So that is from David, who is uh, there in Kansas City or is a Kansas City area peep who's listening on the show. So thank you. For letting us know. That's awesome. Bravo to all of you who use you who are donating uh, to Tyler Bass and to his charity just to support him because, yeah, it's it's kind of gross what happens whenever there's a a big mistake on a grand scale in sports. And honestly, it's not just pro sports. It's also college sports. And it really does make my stomach turn. Uh, the way that people lose their minds and think it's okay to threaten someone else or to say all manner of garbage to other people. This is a this is a mild example, and it and I'm used to it, so whatever. Uh, but I posted about, gosh, I think it was the Brock Purdy touchdown strike on the move to George Kittle. It would have been the first touchdown for the for the uh, Niners on Saturday evening. And I just posted, and I was thinking about what Amy Trask had said, that there were seven terrific quarterbacks in the divisional round and then Brock Purdy. And I know that he and, and most pro athletes can't care about that kind of stuff, but I was happy for him that he'd gone out there and that he had shown off that ability to throw on the move and on the run and on the money to George Kittle. And so I tweeted something about him you know, having this, uh, I think, it, I, shoot, I can't remember exactly what I said, um, but just something complimentary of Purdy. 
And someone writes back, who's now been blocked, I think had one follower on Twitter, just to, to let you know. It was probably a burner account. It was someone who didn't have a photo, probably a fake name. People set these accounts up so that they can be nasty. That's literally the reason. So they can get nasty and and rip people and say whatever they want with no accountability because they believe they're anonymous. I mean, that's generally what happens when you've got one follower and no actual avatar or bio. So this guy responds to me with some really inflammatory and inappropriate and disgusting things. Um, Not things that have anything to do with football, uh, just some really as I say, disgusting and offensive comments in response. They were shots at me personally. They were not anything to do with Brock Purdy. And so I blocked him right away. I usually don't block people anymore. I mute them because, I mean, you have no idea. I haven't seen your stuff if I mute you. And the funny part is you keep following and you keep getting upset, but you don't even know I'm not seeing it anymore. Um, Anyway, so I blocked this guy because it was that offensive, and my husband saw it. So he looks at Twitter. He doesn't tweet. He doesn't respond. He just, he watches. My my brother does the same thing. My brother has an account. He sees what I post, but he doesn't post anything himself. And so he saw the comments from this angry follower, and he was really surprised. And I said to him, that's fairly standard. Now, that type of offensive tweet doesn't come every day. But when it's a big game and people are really upset and they see your tweet, they there are some people out there who will just take it out on you. And they'll be as nasty and as offensive and as insulting as they possibly can because in some way they think it makes them feel better. So it, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'll know who the person is. My general rule is if... I don't know you personally. You can't offend me. If you if you know nothing about me and I know nothing about you and and I could walk by you on the street and you would have no idea who I was, then how can I possibly care enough to be offended by what you say? Now, does it mean I have to read it? No, but it's it's fairly typical in this business that you get those types of responses now and then. But I still feel for Tyler Bass and his family. Right. I mean, we forget, and by we, I just mean general public. A lot of times it's forgotten that these athletes are first brothers, sons, grandsons, uncles, husbands, maybe daddies. They're people who, in Tyler's case, who care about cats. I mean, he's got a heart for helping cats find homes. And all we, again, general public we, can think about is how dare that, use choice words here, miss a kick. Blame it all on him, right? Because the sky is falling. My team just lost a game. I know that it's painful. I'm not saying it isn't painful. This is a, a an example that goes back a couple of years, but I feel your pain because when the... U.S. men's soccer team failed to qualify for the World Cup. I guess it would have been five years ago now uh, when they tied Trinidad and Tobago. That draw, 
I refused. I couldn't even watch soccer for a year. I didn't care if Team USA fell into a hole and got swallowed up. I could not root for them. I could not watch. I was so upset over it that I couldn't let it go for a good year. It's a good thing the World Cup only comes around every four years. In this case, it was five years, right? Because I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't watch it. Um, so I understand. Sometimes we're personally tied, and it can be really painful. Again, if you have money riding on games, it can be even more painful. But athletes are people, too. They're people first. And I will never understand feeling like somehow it makes it better if you get to express that you think what you think of that athlete and how that athlete should lose his job. I mean, that's actually mild compared to, I'm, I'm sure, some of the things that Tyler Bass heard. But personally taking shots at his family or at him as a man, if you're going to be nasty, at least keep it to football. And yet people, social media, people on social media will not do that. It's like open game, right? This bleeping kicker missed a kick that could have tied a playoff game, and somehow that means it's open season on him. And but I'm not preaching at you. I'm not your mother. Only to say that every every now and then I get a taste of it myself, and it it doesn't bother me anymore. But I always feel for athletes because it's just not right. It's just sport. It's just sport. We make a big deal out of it here. We love the entertainment value. We enjoy looking at all the human interest stories. I love stories of redemption and vindication. I love the first, like these Detroit Lions. But gosh, it's still just a freaking game. Again, if you choose to gamble on it and put your own money on it, well, that's your choice. You have to know there's a risk involved. The games are not rigged. The NFL's not writing a script. The referees aren't out to take your money. None of that is true. If we knew what was going to happen, game in and game out, we wouldn't watch. This is sports. This is what happens. It's why analytics and mathematical formulas can never truly predict what will happen in a game. Because... These formulas, these analytics can't measure the human heart. They can't measure the wind speeds. They can't tell you what a human being might do or might not do in one of the most pressure-packed situations that a human can ever be in. Right? People, they're people. Sometimes they have crappy days. Sometimes we all do. Whether we suck at our jobs or whether we suck at being friends, family members, we all, we're humans. And it just always blows me away. Again, I, I'm no longer surprised by it, but I still just can't get over that there are actually people out there that would threaten a person's life because he screwed up in a football game. And that's, and honestly, to bring it back full circle, those people, the vast majority of them, would never say to that athlete in person what they would write to him on social media, right? I mean, that's, that's the kicker. No pun intended. But that is the the part that makes the whole thing just re- even more ludicrous and ridiculous. Asinine. You give a person a chance to say something to these athletes face-to-face, and the majority of them would just tell them what big fans they are. And so it's it's really sad. And to put it in perspective, 
what really matters, right? Life and death. The fight against cancer. Our military spread across the world. Protecting our interests and those of others. Our families. The things that really matter. There's a couple of those headlines in sports on this now Tuesday morning for most of us. Maybe you saw Ryan Sandberg announcing his cancer diagnosis. He's an athlete, played at the highest level, a lot of success, an icon for Chicago. Cancer and health issues, a great equalizer in many cases. And so now he's in the fight for his life. And guess what doesn't matter? Those moments where he didn't get the big hit. Those moments where he didn't come through or didn't have the success that he wanted on a baseball diamond. How little that matters in the face of real life. And then, and we'll talk more about this, or Steve Kerr will, following the break. The Warriors were at a team dinner last week in Salt Lake City. Their assistant coach had a heart attack. Cardiac arrest right there in front of them. As in right there in the room where they were eating dinner. He was taken to the hospital, but he did not recover. Those warriors, men, many of them, husbands, fathers, again, sons, grandsons, brothers, teammates, just people with big hearts. They watched a man die. I mean, they loved. I mean, think about the DeMar Hamlin situation. This time last year, or roughly a year ago, the world was gripped. Football fans were, they were completely gripped. Fear and anxiety and just shock over what happened with DeMar Hamlin. Twice had to be resuscitated on the field before he gets to a hospital where we wait for two days for news of him. The Warriors actually saw one of their team die. I mean, that's what matters. Not whether or not Tyler Bass missed a stupid field goal. Again, I know we love sports around here. And it's painful. I'm not saying it shouldn't hurt. But it's just, it's not that important. In the grand scheme of life, it's really not that important. Yet people get so carried away. You'll hear from Steve Kerr coming up. The man's emotional. He always is. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Speaking for the team and trying to share what they've been through in the last week. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. On our Facebook page too, you can vote for TD of the week. And then also we'll reveal our Monday MVP coming up. Keeping our eyes on Novak Djokovic. He's up two sets to one in the quarterfinals against American Taylor Fritz and now has a two-game lead in the fourth set. So call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. He's now two games away from advancing to the semis. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. All my guys there loved him. And uh, opening play in the game was ATO that um, that Decky, my friend, I learned that play from him and that's what he brought to NBA, that's what he brought to Golden State. You know, I dedicated this this team win to our team and, and to, to Decky. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That is the shaky voice of Darko Rajakovic, who is a fellow Serbian, uh, of course, the Toronto Raptors coach. You can hear the emotion in his voice. He gets choked up talking about the death of his friend, Dejan Milosevic. And he was a Warriors assistant coach. They call him Deck, and you'll hear uh, Steve Kerr address him by his nickname as well. But as I said before the break, he had a heart attack last week at a team dinner in Salt Lake City. And the Warriors there together in a private dinner experienced this as a group, uh, losing a member of their team, a member of their coaching staff. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Not only was that game postponed, but there was another game against the Mavericks that was postponed. And Steve Kerr says... Because the team was reeling, they had no other choice. There's no way many of us could have um, walked out onto a court and played a basketball game either Wednesday or Friday. Um, so I want to thank um, thank Adam um, and the Mavericks and uh, the Jazz because those games will be made up and it will complicate the schedule for them. So I want to thank everybody. They had their first practice since his death on Monday, and they're trying to do what they can to refocus and figure out how to get back to basketball. Whether you've been in a situation like this before, you haven't, and there's no blueprint for it. Grief is one of those challenges and obstacles that we all face at humans at some point in our lives. And there is no one road through it. There's no one tried and true path that gets you past it. It just doesn't work that way. And for the past week, 
Steve, his coaching staff, the Warriors, says they've been steeped in it. Hard to describe the week. Um, Heartbreaking, devastating. Um, You know, it's, it's it's just the saddest thing I've ever been a part of in the NBA, you know, um, where, um, you know, we lose uh, someone who's so close to us. um, And then um, more importantly, um, seeing his family suffer. Um, You know, so this last week has been, last five days, I guess, has been full of all of the above, the shock, the emotion, um, the um, extreme outpouring of love from all over the world. So Steve Kerr and the Warriors actually spent the first part of their Monday practice watching a tribute that came out of Belgrade. So that's where Dejan Milojevic, excuse me, where he is from. And apparently, and I read this, I didn't see it, but there was a game that was being played in Belgrade between the team that Dehan coached for and another team where he was a player. Okay, so you've got these two teams, very close ties to him, not just a very successful player, national team, but also part of different national uh, coaching staffs. And so they're doing this game, and players were wearing warm-up shirts, and they had a banner of his face in the stands, standing room only in this arena for this tribute. And Steve Kerr said they got a better sense of what, they call him Decky, meant to the people at home. How much he meant to us, how much he meant to his family, but also watching this footage, this video from Serbia, they were really overcome by the impact that he's had on basketball in his own country. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. They took a, a, a week to have an emotional break, and they're going to have to continue to encourage each other. I, I know they've had therapists and counselors available to speak with the players. Sometimes, though, And this applies not just to athletes, but I think to humans, to get back to what we do best, to get back to something that maybe is second nature, where we don't have to think about or process the pain, the loss. A lot of people go to work. When I lost my Grammy Helen, there was solace in coming to work. In this radio studio, it felt like for a second I could take the grief and I could put it aside. And I felt guilty at times, laughing, enjoying the show, but it was almost like it was someone else. Just to be able to take my heart and put it outside the radio studio and not feel it for four to five hours. A lot of athletes will do that, right? A lot of athletes, remember Brett Favre playing the night after his father died and having this incredible game. And how often athletes will go out and they will play after a big loss, a personal loss, and it's everything they got. Everything they've got, they put it into that game, to that performance, and it turns out to be something special. 
And now here are the Warriors, uh, Kevon Looney speaking to the media about getting back to basketball after taking this last week off. We just take it day by day. Uh, like, uh, basketball is, is the fun part of our lives, getting on the court and competing. Uh, that's what we, uh, that's all we all here as a family to do. Uh, something that brought us all together. And, and we, through basketball, we was able to build different type of relationships and different type of friendships with different people. So, uh, I'm looking forward to just be able to get to the game and just be able to play. Uh, I know it's going to be weird to build up to it, but I just want to be able to get back on the court, trying to get lost in the, in my love for the game and, uh, you know, and think about all the memories and the teachings that he, he gave me and just try to honor him that way. What were Steve Kerr's favorite things about this assistant coach? Decky had an, an amazing way of being very direct and honest um, without threatening anyone, you know, and sometimes those coaches' meetings can get contentious, you know, we all have different ideas and and he always just had a gleam in his eye and a laugh, uh, even when he was challenging us, especially when he was challenging the rest of the group. And um, he had a lot of great, funny sayings that he would use, um, sometimes um, Serbian words, sometimes just kind of his his English version of things. And um, he was just a, a guy who just um, constantly saw the good in people and the joy in life. That's hard to do, right? When you're feeling a loss, how do you find that joy in life? And so often people will say, well, my loved one would want me to do this or we'll encourage people who are going through a loss by saying, you know, they would want you to do this. They'd want you to get back to what you love. My aunt and one of my uncles said that same thing to me because I would tell them it seems dumb to get on the radio and talk about sports. What do I care right now? And they would say to me, except Grammy Helen was so proud of you. And she would want you to go back to doing what you love. Uh, She wouldn't want you to sit around and grieve. And that's so true about my grandmother. She would have told me it was a waste of time. Snap out of it. I love this last one from Steve Kerr. We've had to put some choice bleeps in here. But he was asked what his assistant coach, what Decky would tell the Warriors in this moment. I literally could picture Decky smiling and laughing and saying, you mother need to go win a basketball game. And then laughing. And that's so sorry for the language, but I'm just, I just wanted to share exactly what my vision of Decky, that's exactly what he would have said. So Steve Kerr speaking for the majority of the Warriors. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for them to get back to basketball. There'll be all kinds of emotions. Maybe there's some solace in actually playing and not thinking about it because you're locked into something else. But there's no way to not feel his loss, the fact that he's missing their meetings and their film sessions and their scouting and their travel. He was a big personality. He had a big smile. Certainly had a ton of expertise. He meant so much to the other Serbian players who were here in the United States. And we talked about this last week, just the the growing community, and yet still you're in the minority. Uh, your language, sometimes the cultural barriers, and so they find each other and they would encourage each other, always root for each other. A lot of them have played on national teams together, would have known Dehan from their time playing for their home nation or just being at home. So that's the kind of stuff that really matters. These are 
the emotions that humans share, humans will go through at any point. And then you hold that up next to Tyler Bass misses a kick. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying it doesn't suck when our teams lose. But it's just not the end of the world. So maybe a little perspective there. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, you can vote for TD of the Week. I think Monday MVP poll is closed. Also, Novak Djokovic has just advanced. So he lost the second set to American Taylor Fritz. But Taylor's out now, and Novak is on to the semifinals of the Australian Open where he is the defending champion. Let's see. What do I want to do coming up? There's so much good stuff. Why don't we do an update on uh, the the various coaching carousels and and what we know? And also, uh, there is a hire. One of the other jobs has reportedly been filled. Uh, so we'll get to a little bit of that too. And then, you know, we talked about the NFC South. Well, the AFC South had a champion that was ousted this weekend too. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's will start work on season number two. So it's just a lot that we can throw. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And we'll do some football straight ahead. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours podcast. It sucks to lose. Did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. Well, it, it, it sucks. Losing. Awful. That's why I want to win. The last two seasons have been very disappointing. And the, the fans felt it. I felt it. 
We made changes last year, and I came to believe we needed to make a change to the coaching staff. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The voice of Mike Vrabel heading into week 18. Remember, he was asked about coaching the guys to win. Um, and they were playing Jacksonville, right? That's how the Jaguars missed the playoffs. Derrick Henry had his best game of the year, and the Titans did, in fact, win. And Vrabel said, it sucks to lose. That's why we're going to play to win in Week 18 in a game that, according to you, does not matter. It, it does matter, obviously, because jobs are on the line. And Vrabel lost his job couple days after the regular season ended. Amy Adams-Strunk, the owner of the Tennessee Titans, giving some reasons for the change, but obviously it's an NFL, what have you done for me lately, not for long league in the case of most head coaches, which is why eight openings, eight openings have to be filled to kick off 2024. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. We now believe we have... A third head coach hired as the Titans get close to a deal with five-year offensive coordinator Brian Callahan out of the Bengals system. So the Titans, again, reportedly working on final deets with Brian Callahan to be their next head coach. Not only have we seen the success of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and I'm Joe Mixon, uh, I could go on and on there uh, about the success. So much of it's predicated on Joe Burrow and his health, but the the weapons they've amassed there and the numbers they've been able to put up when Joe is healthy, it's been a prolific offense. So Zach Taylor, rave reviews for Brian Callahan. He coordinates everything having to do with it. He he establishes the whole structure of our offense. On game day, he and I are in constant communication. That is calling plays. That is establishing an offense. He has helped develop every position we have. He's invaluable. There's really not enough things I can say about him that if someone just followed us for a week and saw it, it would be, oh, no wonder everyone's so high on Brian. Now, he's, his history extends farther back than just the Bengals. Uh, he's been in the NFL now for, gosh, of nearly 15 years, so I guess 14 years. First head coaching job with the Titans, but he worked with Peyton Manning when the Broncos won Super Bowl 50. He worked with Matthew Stafford uh, going back to his days as the Lions quarterback coach in 16 and 17, and Stafford routinely put up 4,000-yard seasons. And then... He was with the Raiders as a quarterback's coach and worked with Derek Carr, who also hit 4,000 passing yards for the first time in his career. So now, presumably, he gets the chance to work with second-year quarterback Will Levis. So that means we've had three of the eight openings filled. We've seen Gerard Mayo promoted in New England. We've seen Antonio Pierce promoted in Las Vegas, and now Brian Callahan, a first-year head coach for the Tennessee Titans. If you missed my conversation with Greg Allman of Fox Sports, covers the NFC South, and we went over the two openings in the South Division, the Atlanta Falcons, and he said some people are surprised by the fact that if Arthur Blank is looking for an experienced head coach with a championship resume, then you would think the search would be done with 
either Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh, and yet it's not. They continue to work on second rounds of interviews, including potentially Ben Johnson, uh, the OC with Detroit. So Belichick, Harbaugh, Vrabel. I don't know about Pete Carroll. I'm not sure. I I kind of hear mixed reports and reviews. I don't think he would take just any job, but maybe, maybe there's an opportunity he would jump at. The Chargers are expected to do their second interview with Harbaugh. And so that's another maybe domino to drop. So they're looking to meet again this week. That could be the fourth opening, but he's also got a second interview scheduled with the Falcons. (laughs) So I guess he's taking any and all meetings. Thinking about some of the other jobs that are still available in the Chargers, a lot of people like it because they do have some star power and because of Justin Herbert. And I'm going to believe that with the right coaching around him, he can get back to the guy that he was when he first broke into the league with all the potential and promise. But it's just been a mess there. And the organization has not been run well. And I know that Brandon Staley became the latest sacrificial lamb there, but I just think the problem goes higher up than the coaching staff. And maybe it's about who they're hiring. But yet it's poor decision-making, a culture of you've got to be kidding me moments, a culture of finding new ways to lose really seems like what we get out of the Chargers a lot of the time. And their most recent playoff appearance being a testament to that when they squandered a 27-0 lead against the Jaguars and lost. As for Mayo and the Patriots, this was kind of fun. We caught some of his interview on our Boston affiliate WEEI on Monday. Uh, Remember, Bill Belichick did a Monday interview with this is the home station for the Pats. And so, oh, no, it's not, is it? It's not actually. A different one. I take that back. Forgive me. Uh, Gerard Mayo says the Patriots have got some work to do this offseason. We're bringing in talent 1,000%. So have a lot of cap space. Love it. And cash. Yeah. Ready to burn some cash. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready to burn some cash. I'm sure that's exactly what Bob Kraft wants to hear because, Bob, we're going to burn your cash. And still a lot of talk about Mac Jones. And what happens there and why the, the failed and, and really it started on a high note and then you know, it's just been so bad. I would say the beginning was probably the best part. Maybe his rookie season was when we saw some of the best of Mac. Now, coaching has a lot to do with it. Belichick made some strange moves with the offensive coaching staff last year. I uh, remember it was Matt Patricia and Joe Judge who were the the co-offensive coordinators. Neither one had ever been an offensive coordinator. They were, I don't know, underqualified to say the least. And Patricia was the one who ended up calling plays a lot of the time. Uh, and then it was Bill O'Brien this year, which is why it's hard to understand. But just think about it from Max's perspective. Three seasons in the NFL and three different guys calling plays, th- three different you know, voices in his head, three different, not necessarily changes in systems, but just different bosses, different managers. And, and they haven't made the right moves with free agency or the draft. 
because that would include Mac, which is one of the reasons why people were souring on Belichick because these are a lot of the rosters that he put together and yet have not had any success or much success since. But Gerard is kind of looking bigger picture with the Patriots. If you were to ask Mac Jones, he made mistakes along the way as well. Coaching staff, we made mistakes along the way as well. And I'm not just talking about the offensive coaching staff. One thing about Mac, you know, everybody talks to Mac, special teams, defensive players, offensive players, and we were trying to help him with that confidence. But I think everyone, everyone has, everyone, there's enough blame to go around. I think that's interesting because, now, of course, Mac Jones would say this. You wouldn't expect him to say anything else, but he was asked so much about his confidence. And it felt fairly obvious if you were watching him that he lost at least some confidence, maybe not all confidence, but just that he was second guessing and he was hesitating and maybe the confidence would come, but it felt like based on the moves that he made and his body language, but also just the decision-making that he wasn't as confident that he was going to make the right choice anymore. And Gerard actually mentions the confidence. And I'm, I'm not sure we've heard that from a coach. Going to be really interesting. We might actually get more intel about the Patriots moving forward, right? Because Belichick made us survive and subsist on a need-to-know basis. And in his opinion, we needed to know absolutely nothing. Gerard Mayo will be weekly, so he'll take over that coach's show on our Boston affiliate with Greg Hill on WEEI. All right, one hour to go. Love you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.